by Urban Yogi, episode 19 with Mahan Kalsa. Join Yogi and musician Will Blunderfield as he dives into the minds of the foremost innovative wellness practitioners, musicians, and yoga masters on their approach to optimal health and wellness. Mahan Kalsa is a down-to-earth, reach-for-the-skies, wildly-spirited woman. She spent over a decade of her life traveling the world with the winds of change and the impulses of her heart as her guide. She was blessed to explore a myriad of cultures, traditions, and healing modalities, which taught her the value of slowing down, tuning in, and prioritizing herself and her deeper calling. For almost two decades, she's tuned and turned her life into art, work, play, and exploration. From creating whole food snacks and an organic restaurant, to facilitating over 3,000 yoga classes, workshops, and retreats, she's personally and professionally evolved to offer her gifts to the world in a way that feels meaningful and authentic. I hope you enjoy my interview with Mahan Khalsa. So this is the first podcast that I've actually recorded live because you're gorgeous and I wanted people to see you. (laughs) Um, (laughs) How long have you been doing kundalini yoga? Mm, How long have I been doing kundalini yoga? It's 2018. So I have done kundalini yoga since before my daughter was born and she's 13 Uh, so I would say 15 16 years that's amazing yeah do you want to sit on this because I'm so short (laughs) (laughs) I think it's because I'm closer to the camera so you look like this little girl and I'm like oh my gosh he's such a big man compared to me (laughs) (laughs) should we tune in I always feel like the big man. Satnam. Satnam, yeah. Shall we tune in? Let's tune in, okay. Okay. So, you guys can do it with us if you'd like. Mm. You just bring your hands to your heart. You bring your gaze up to your third eye between the eyebrows. And you chant Ong Namo Guru Dev Namo, which is to help you tap into your heart's wisdom. So, let's sing it three times. Okay, here, say something. Hara, 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 hey, guru. Okay, let's try it again. Wow, okay.
<laughs> you're so funny. You are, your okay, harmonies are beautiful. I've never harmonized. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tune in the way that so I pretty. tune in. Yeah. I love it. I love yeah, it. But you I can't, tune in. I'll follow you. I can't you. stay with you. No, yeah, I'm gonna, oh, my gosh. He's so good. I can't stay with him. It, All right. The harmony was beautiful, but let, I'm going to follow you. Oh, <laughs> I, was, I was always thinking it'd be oh cool if um, Christina Aguilera did a Sadna album. Like if Christina Aguilera did a... Um, a Kundalini yoga album, it would just be so amazing. Because <laughs> in Kundalini, you're kind of supposed to just, you know, everybody sing in unison usually, but it'd just be so funny. It's like, I can, I can, ha, 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 It's more kind of like Britney Spears, but... <laughs> I'm not that kind of thing. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna tune Show me how I'm gonna done, tune baby. in traditional style Perfect. because yeah. my that's what I was trying to do. Psyche, <laughs> oh, so traditional, so traditional. I love it. I can't wait to. Oh, tune. you hold your hands like this? No, I do. Okay. <laughs> okay, so with your hands pointing this way, no, okay. this way, forearms. Mm -hmm. Inhale deeply. We're going uh, yoga west style. Amazing. That's what I'm wanting. Exhale fully. Okay. Paying respect to the lineage. Inhale to tune in. Up, tucking your chin and drawing all your awareness to the crown of your head, pressing your palms together, squeezing up, feeling this present moment. And exhale. That was really nice. <laughs> wow. I want to be more like uh, free flowing, but I got to no, practice that. That was so, so beautiful. Good. It was yeah. so good. It's, it's yeah. super. I feel like mm. when you tune in with that vibration, mm. it's really grounding, yes. and yet it connects you fully to the golden chain. So to mm -hmm. all of those that have walked before us, it's a very specific frequency. Yes. And so I love when mantra meets 
pop and mm. mainstream and creativity and all of that beauty. I love it's that. It's nice to have the grounded bass. You, you're just like, That's what I felt. here I am. <laughs> that, yeah, well, and even like the first time we tuned in when we were hard, it was sounding kind of pretty in certain parts, mm. but it was, but this one that we just did was so grounded. And as you said, it was still connected to something more. Mm -hmm. um, really pretty, really beautiful, really um, mm. authentic. So thank you. Aww. Yeah. Really grounded and really mm. connected to something more. That's the best That's way to the be. the best place to be. Yeah. In your heart center. In the heart center. Oh, so I want to ask you about facial hair. In the Kundalini lineage, there's a lot of talk about keep letting your hair grow. Mm. And um, I did notice when I, I got my legs waxed once, they've grown back. I did feel like less. I You're felt not like metrosexual my, anymore? Not anymore. I feel like my electromagnetic field kind of got slightly compromised. Do you know anything about hair growth? And <laughs> Wow. Okay, now I'm stroking your leg. Yeah. So from the understanding of the Kundalini teachings, Yogi Bhajan said that the hair is like antennae. Hmm. And the hair is the receptors which receive all of the energetic telepathic communication if you will wow so when from we where? cut it <laughs> off from, from the multiverse cool <laughs> the universe the, uni the unified fields yeah nice nice so and so when we cut it off or we shave it off because we think mm -hmm. that we're supposed to look a certain way to be beautiful mm -hmm. or sexual or to be wanted mm -hmm. we're actually um we're actually cutting off that that deeper connection, and I think that's actually something that's going on in the world. Yes. We're feeling disconnected. Yes, we are. We're feeling kind of pinched off as a society. And then there's also a lot of talk about the navel point in Kundalini Yoga. Mm -hmm. And I was reading a blog by Sanatam Kar, who's a famous mm. Kundalini Yoga singer, and she was saying that really Kundalini is all about reconnecting and strengthening your connection with your navel point so that we're not a society running around acting like a bunch of hungry ghosts. She said the more connected you are to your navel point, the less of a consumer you are and more mm. of a creator you become. Mm. What do you think about that? Wow. Okay. So a few things pop into my mind. Mm -hmm. First, having a solid uh, solid navel center. It's it, There's a saying in Kundalini Yoga and Sikh Dharma, mm. strong as metal, solid as, strong as stone, mm -hmm. solid as steel. I like that. And for the navel point or for just the in navel. general? So you want to have your <clears throat> navel be strong as a stone mm -hmm. and solid as steel. So wow. when the winds of change come at you, mm -hmm. you're not crying like a baby. Right. Oh, I spilled my coffee. It's like, okay, it's going to be okay. Or, yes. you know, so when you're able to stay steady, I think you're less likely to be controlled or manipulated by mm -hmm. mass culture. So hence less consumption because you're following yeah. your own intuition, you're yes. allowing your own creativity to move and you're stable and strong enough in your own self. Mm -hmm. So if we think about the third chakra, self-confidence, self-empowerment, self-esteem, all of these uh, positive self, strong self. Yes. Um, yeah, so that's the the, uh, the the navel center is really, really important. That's awesome. And also we were talking about the um, lower triangle and the upper triangle. Yes. So the upper triangle being the higher chakras from the heart up through the throat, through the third eye and the crown. Nice. And then the lower triangle, did you want to stand up for us? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I will. <clears throat> and so the lower triangle, yeah, you can maybe, um, starting okay. here at the navel, and then coming down through the legs. So you've got mm. the lower triangle here. And now right? is the navel point below the belly button or 
So if you were to find your belly button and find just about two fingers up, this is considered to be the navel center. Really? Yeah. Because in the training, they were saying it was two, three fingers below. I think this is the, uh, oh, well, you know, depends on who you're talking to <laughs> these days. <laughs> well, it's really interesting because... Since we're here, we'll just stroke you here too. Yes, Aww. it feels so good. In the um, textbook of Kundalini Yoga Teacher mm -hmm. Training, mm -hmm. it was saying that the first chakra is the rectum. Mm-hmm. Second is the sex organ. Mm -hmm. Third is the navel point. And then it gave right. two locations in the textbook. It said oh. two to three fingers what's below the actual belly button. Mm. And then also the solar plexus, which is basically mm. where you were saying. So mm -hmm. there were two locations. There you go. But, I think yeah. that larger general region, if you it's think kind of about, if you have like a solid navel point from below your belly button and mm -hmm. into your solar plexus, mm -hmm. it's a pretty stable core. Yes. And I have Do you to... keep your core engaged like throughout the day as a yogi or like? Mm, so there is, is a rumor. The I'm not always doing this, I will admit, but there mm. is rumor that a very highly evolved kundalini yoga practitioner would always be squeezing mulband. So squeezing the sex organs, sex the navel, organ, navel point? center. Yeah. So, when so you... that energy is not leaking through yes. the lower chakras. Yeah. Because I do, when I do that, when I keep it engaged about 25% or so, mm -hmm. I do feel more in my body. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, if you even just now, let's squeeze it, mm -hmm. right? Squeeze your uh, navel, your sex organs, and your anus, and just feel how you can even feel your legs. You can feel mm -hmm. the sides of your, of your waist. You can feel your rib cage. Imagine feeling all the way up through then the heart. Actually, I've been... Working, uh, I'm going to be working with a fellow named Edward Dangerfield, and uh, he does nervous system healing. Mm. And it sounded really interesting because one of my friends, Nima, who's in the men's group I'm in, mm. went up and had a retreat with him, a one-on-one. -on -one. He said part of the retreat was um, Edward <laughs> <laughs> took his knee and put it in his perineum. Oh. And I was like, wow, that sounds really, that's a great way to activate the root. Actually, do you know what I heard? Tell me. I'm going to take it one step further do it. here. Do it. <laughs> I heard about a Chinese medicine doctor who put an acupuncture needle in the perineum. Wow. And that's and the space between the anus and the genitals. Exactly. It's mm -hmm. a very, if you, you know, touch it lightly, it can be very, it's very, very sensitive. It can feel very nice to be touched lightly. Mm -hmm. So you can imagine it's very sensitive and not touched very often, mm -hmm. right? Almost like it doesn't exist for most people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, ooh, like, I don't know. I follow this guy on YouTube, and he's a tantric coach. And he was had his shirt off, and he was talking um, He was talking about the root. And then he's like, oh, he's, he's like, oh, shit, I just got bitten by an ant. I'm a perineum, my root. My root's really active. <laughs> Ants in his pants. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Or he wasn't wearing pants. There's something. And he had shorts on, but maybe it just snuck up there. It just snuck up there. It was a very powerful healing for the individual who shared with me. It was mm. super... The acupressure yeah, puncture needle. The, the actual point, like when it in... When it poked, when it poked in, in. When it poked uh -huh. in. was super intense. And he took a deep breath. Mm -hmm. and then let it go, and it was a massive release energetically. Wow. He said a lot of healing happened. That's so cool. But that is not a common practice. I mean, probably mm. traditionally that was a common Maybe practice. Maybe yeah, but in but our day and age, not as common. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, start with the knee and then go with the needle. Oh, well, and I've heard with some tantric workers, some mm -hmm. women actually will put their crown chakra in the perineum of the man. 
Okay. To act, yeah, and really give pressure, and uh, supposedly that's a very sensual, sexual, yummy experience. That sounds awesome. You have to be open for those experiences, and yes. if you are, then you may discover that you really like them. Yeah, that's cool. So we're actually beyond what mm. we are perceiving. Yes. What would you say, uh, what role does sexuality play in spirituality? Well, I feel that sexuality and spirituality are one. Mm-hmm. And when your sexual experiences become your spiritual awakenings, Mm -hmm. that's very powerful. Mm. I believe that the practice of yoga, any form of yoga, allows you to get into your body Mm. in a way that you are comfortable enough in your own skin to have these ecstatic sexual experiences. Yes. Because often we're in our head, we're like, do I look okay? Or Like I heard this, this quote, if you want to feel better, you've got to get better at feeling, right? And so we were taught in school how to be very cerebral. And so now I think as a culture, we're realizing there's so much more joy to, to not only cultivate the cerebral, but to cultivate your feeling body and your emotional mm-hmm. body and mm-hmm. your ability to connect, to bring your consciousness into different parts of the body. Yeah. And, um, you know, in my own journey, I'm realizing that's actually quite joyful and, and blissful to spend time every day meditating in that fashion, mm. connecting to the different energy centers and, you know, to the auric field and just cultivating that. And it's almost like a, they say yoga means in English intimacy. Mm. So cultivating self-intimacy. Mm. And so I feel like in my journey, I'm working on getting really grounded in that so that I can enjoy more intimacy with others, not even just in a sexual way, but just in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Mm intimacy into me you see (laughs) and when I listened to you say that something that came up in me was like we are conditioned to have so much shame Mm -hmm. around our sexuality and our Mm -hmm. body image there's so much distortion in terms of what we think is beautiful and Mm -hmm. each body has its own shape and it's unique and so again this practice Mm -hmm. allows us to discover these beautiful aspects of ourselves and to fall in love with what we look like and how we are and the more we fall Mm -hmm. in love with that the more beautiful we become yes and the more beautiful we become the more we fall in love with ourselves the more intimate we become with ourselves and so each Mm -hmm. breath can feel like making love to yourself mm-hmm. but the divine making love to you how many ecstatic experiences you've had with your own meditation practice right just totally. by being open and present and in your body mm-hmm. and when mm-hmm. you bring that openness and that connectivity to the environment and that which is alive in your environment mm. it's so awesome have you heard of the um, tantric teacher Psalm Isadora? I have heard of Psalm Isadora, yeah. yeah. She, so she taught, she passed away, she mm-hmm. took her life, but she had a lot of great teachings around sort of making it your intention to be making love to everything all the time. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, instead of waiting for your lover to come to you, be your own lover and, you know, you, you can make love to everything just by like just gently touching the tree. Yes. And, you know, and, and yes. not being feeling ashamed to feel blissful more often. Mm, hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. What, what um, like good daily habits do you cultivate that help you feel that blissfulness more and more often in your life? Mm, well, one thing is permission. Mm. 
mm. permission to allow myself to be who I am mm -hmm. and to say yes to what really ignites me and lights me up. Yes. And that's been a lifelong lesson and practice where I had to let go of all the obligations or things that I thought I needed to do and start really feeling, as you say, mm -hmm. into my body. And so the more I follow that yes in my body, that full-blown mm -hmm. chakras are open, cells are dancing, feeling, yeah. more bliss comes to me. That's awesome. Um, also, you know, having a really clean diet and eight, mm -hmm. let's say 80-20. I like that. 20% where I can eat whatever I want, whenever mm -hmm. I want. Yeah. And 80% as clean, organic, um, you know, fruits and vegetables as possible. Perfect. And um, so that's, and then, a, a, you know, not, a, not even a daily yoga practice anymore, I'll be honest. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of weave physical movements. So whether it's a yoga practice, if it's working out at the gym, if it's riding mm -hmm. my bike, some sort of physical movement. Mm -hmm. And then I love to, at the moment, I've just started a new 40-day meditation, so I'm nice. chanting. Oh, what are you chanting? Um, let's see, I'm on day three. <clears throat> Can I remember it? Usually I chant kundalini mantras yeah. for years, decades, you know. And yeah. um, But I'm teaching yoga on a cruise at the end of this month cool. with Kathleen Whalen, who's oh, from the Conscious Calendar. Nice. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's, She's lovely. She's an Ayurvedic consultant and just nice. amazing woman. So uh, in that practice, we are chanting, let's see. Ongang Shri Mahalakshmi Namaha Ongang Shri Mahalakshmi Namaha Ongang Shri Mahalakshmi Namaha Beautiful. Yeah. Is that about prosperity? Peace on prosperity. There's nice. a piece on love and money. Nice. And she has this amazing program where um, I did the three hours homework. Oh my gosh. <laughs> to figure it all out. That was my priority this week. I'm very organized and diligent like a yeah. yogi in well, the way I. Your space is very clean and very orderly. Thank you. They say mm -hmm. cleanliness is next to godliness and it I allows agree. my OCD to feel okay. Yes. I'm a yogi. Oh yeah, totally. Woo! I hear you, yeah. Um, so within that mantra, she's encouraging us to practice metta, which is loving kindness oh, yes. meditation from Buddhism. I love that, yeah. Actually, the previous guest, Whit Hornsberger, talked mm. a lot about metta. Yeah, so just yeah. like giving love and gratitude and well wishes first to yourself mm -hmm. and then to someone you love and then to someone that you maybe don't love and mm -hmm. then to the planet. And yeah. So cultivating that as a foundational piece. Nice. And then in the, while chanting the mantra... Nice. While chanting the mantra, that the second piece is to envision your ideal day. So what does your mm. future self want to be experiencing? Yeah. Uh, the third piece is to envision the big dream, like your mm. most big, beautiful dream that you can come up with, all while chanting this mantra. That's amazing. And then next week, we're going to add in some movement, so we're able to kind of move within the meditational space, and so cool. I'm cultivating that as a 40-day practice. That's amazing. I love 40-day practices because you can mm -hmm. really get deep into what the medicine of that experience really is for you, the, mm -hmm. the energy of that. Wow. You're so beautiful. Aww. You're lovely. Thank you. And you're doing Toastmasters. I am. And I think that's freaking amazing. <laughs> I've always, you know, I've always wanted to do mm. Toastmasters and maybe I should join you in that. How yeah. has that experience been? 
So you are welcome to join me for Toastmasters anytime you yeah. like. For and the audience, that's anyone listening. People probably have heard of it, but it's where it's not about toast. <laughs> no, it's not about toasting. <laughs> no. Though we do toast and celebrate one another. Nice. It's, I feel like it's um, the most efficient, economical place for self-growth and development. Cool. As a practitioner of yoga for almost two decades, I have mm. spent tens of thousands of dollars on yoga courses and workshops and teacher trainings and retreats mm -hmm. and all very fulfilling and amazing experiences. Mm -hmm. Recently, I decided I want to do something that's totally not spiritual. Yes. And so I, I, um, a friend had shared with me about Toastmasters, and it's a place where you go to practice public speaking. Mm -hmm. It's a place where you go to practice your leadership skills. Nice. It's a place where you can practice time management. Our meetings are very on time. In fact, today I was the timer. Cool. Um, and it's a place Sounds where you like can go to not um and ah, I'll tell you that. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's like very teaching you how to be the best speaker. Yeah, and there's so much love and so much support and the feedback is always positive even when mm -hmm. you're getting creative or constructive criticism. It's yeah. always one or two little things that you could improve upon sandwiched in between all the positive things you did. That's beautiful. And even if you did the biggest you know, belly flop of your life, we'd all sit there and clap for you because at least you had the courage to get up and try. And to do it. Have you done Landmark? I haven't. Because I've heard Landmark is, is good too. Actually, Gabor Mate, he said it's 80% great technology and 20% cult. Because <laughs> yeah, you do kind of get sucked into it and you have to recruit, recruit, recruit. It's like a vortex of energy. Yeah. It's like getting into the Kundalini world. Some yeah. might call that a cult because we would dress in white and mm -hmm. we wrap our heads in turbans and we wear metal bracelets and yeah. we have swords around our waist if we're totally getting into well, it. Well, I even and... offered to teach it to West Van Secondary where I where I um, used to go because now they have a yoga teacher training program which is amazing Amazing. and I've taught power for them before and yin to the kids learning and then I ran into the coordinator and she's awesome and I said you know I'm, su I, I'm super stoked these days I just finished my kundalini training I'd love to offer like a little module for your students and she's like oh like maybe could we do that yeah like sure but could we do it near the end because it's you know, I don't want to have something so wacky mm. for the kids at first. Mm. And I, I was like, I guess it is kind of wacky. And I looked up the definition of wacky after and like something mm. kind of like different and unique. And mm. I love being wacky. Yeah, I think it's good to be wacky. Yay. And, and uh, yeah. But I the mean, world just isn't like necessarily 100% ready. ready for wacky. Well, even like power it's... yoga was considered wacky by most people in the 70s. And like, mm. I, so I think yeah. things just take a minute. Everything has its its cycle and its yeah. evolutionary phase. And kundalini yoga is really one of the most powerful paths to self-realization and self-awareness. Mm. I was going to ask you, like, because I just did a Buddhist meditation retreat mm. and I loved it. Mm. And interestingly enough, it was on Demon Island. There had just mm. been a kundalini retreat at the same place. It used to be the headquarters for Greenpeace and now it's a retreat center called the Hermitage. Lovely place. Oh, yeah. Um, and they had like, you know, a Sikh Dharma, what's that thing, the Sikh symbol that people, that ladies wear on their Adi turbans? Adi Shakti. The Adi Shakti symbol and the Christian symbol and the Buddhist symbol <sighs> yeah. to show that they were embracing of all different types of workshops mm. and religions and traditions. Mm. But then I kind of got confused because on the last day, and I was kind of sensing this, there was this monk who was volunteering there and he's like, and I was dressed in white. He's like, oh, are you a Kundalini yogi? I was like, well, I just finished the training and I loved it. He's like, oh, well, yeah, like it's so not coalescing with the Buddhist path. And I was like, 
oh, well, I feel like there could be a way to sort of coalesce the two. And he's like, no, 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 they're very different. You have to choose one or the other. And I was thinking like, you know, because like sometimes, for example, if I'm walking down the street and I'm feeling kind of unbalanced, I'll recite Mool Mantra. Mm-hmm. And I'll do that. Mm-hmm. And then I was trying the more Buddhist path of just noting, you know, so like being connected to my navel point. And then mm-hmm. if I feel, you know, if I hear people gossiping, just gossip, gossip. Mm-hmm. You know, just inviting mm-hmm. whatever I notice, mm-hmm. note it, sit down for tea with it for a moment, and just let it be. Mm-hmm. I like both approaches. Do you think that they can be married? Well, I'll share something very interesting because yeah. I do, I do. I used to be a practitioner of Vipassana. Oh, really? In and fact, that's I what did I many forms did. of Vipassana in Thailand in a Prior to coconut Kundalini. grove. Yeah, when I, wow. in my early... Coconut grove, that sounds In nice. a coconut grove <laughs> with real, you know, Tibetan or Buddhist um, Thailand monks. <laughs> that's awesome. And um, yeah, it was wonderful. And geckos on the wall. Oh, you should, and, yeah. And uh, when I, I, I applied several mm. times here in Canada to do the Vipassana and was denied mm. because I actually wrote on my form that I did Kundalini. Was that the Vipassana up in Merit? Up in Merit. Oh. A few years later, I was going through a desperate situation um, in my life. I was going through a bankruptcy and it was very challenging for mm. me. And I really needed a 10-day sit. Yeah. And I knew the value of both the Kundalini practice because it made me who I am today. I'm so mm. grateful for that. And I also knew the value of that silent space of really going inside and cleaning up all the stuff that's going on inside of us. Yeah. On the second day, I got invited from the meditation hall into the office. And the woman was kind of sitting above me and she looked down upon me and she said, you have been very deceitful. And I was beside myself. It was so strong because my intention really was to go there and heal and pray and yeah you know, do the work, right? Really do the work. 10 days of meditation is not a walk in the park. No, It is really hard work. Yeah. And um, she said, you know, um, because I had changed my name, I had picked up my Kundalini name within that two years. And somehow they they brought me, they brought the pages together and they said, we've already been denied access. So basically what happened, she said, there's a reason why you're here. And so on the, on the end, at the end of 10 days, please come Mm. back and let me know, which do you choose? Whoa. So there I was um, trying to do silent walking meditation and observe and yeah. be in my senses. And, but this question like, well, what am I going to choose? What am I going to choose? And so I decided I'm going to decide later. Yeah. As I was walking through the field on the last day, a kundalini mantra, oh, my soul, you come and you go through the path of time and space. It just came through my consciousness like, wow. like a gentle breeze. And I decided, you know what, I need to follow my destiny and my heart's path, which is Kundalini Yoga. Mm -hmm. But I'm a sovereign being. And so when I went in that day to talk to the woman, she said, I observed you and I can see that you have great reverence for the teachings of the Vipassana. Mm. What happens is, I think in the past, there's been experiences where people practice Kundalini. And unfortunately, if you have some sort of chemical imbalance or, you know, you have some sort of sensitivity, it can trigger emotional breakdowns it can trigger mental kundalini can or kundalini can and so there has Mm. been issues around that and so people do have fear around it because they just don't know right but i'm just wondering why would they deny somebody who practices kundalini yoga access to the vipassana so in vipassana you sit and observe this sensation Mm -hmm. in kundalini you are using breath and movement to stimulate the experience 
Right. So they're on opposite ends. They're, in my humble opinion, yes, I'm with you. They're one. But from mm-hmm. that old school, super dogmatic mm-hmm. viewpoint, they're mm-hmm. completely different. Right. Everything is evolving. Yeah. And the fusion and integration that I see in so many of the younger people, the millennia that are coming forward and carrying mm-hmm. these teachings, it's beautiful. It, mm-hmm. Everything has its place. Sometimes you need to sit in silence and observe. Yeah. And sometimes you need to wildly dance and shake and moan and groan and let it out. Yeah, like I feel like it's good to have both. And, and even like there's a, a woman who runs yoga, one of the people who helps volunteer at Yoga West. Mm. And she, um, you know, she was saying like when her best friend passed away, because she does her, her morning sadhana in Kundalini Yoga. Traditionally, you get up, you know, and do your 4 to 6.30 a.m. morning yoga practice and mm-hmm. meditation. She said when her friend passed away, she just would get up and she would just sit there in silence. Mm-hmm. And just mm-hmm. be with what was. Mm-hmm. So I feel Absolutely. like making people maybe choose, you have to do this way and they're so different. That feels very like Piscean. Piscean. Very um, Kali Yuga to me. Like us versus them. We, A lot our of ways separation. better. Ego. Yeah. Instead of trying to find the commonalities. And so I feel... That, it's a very fear-based mm. perspective, right? Making right. things, compartmentalizing everything and yeah. making it separate. And as we move into this time of the Aquarian age and we're in the heart center, we're like, there's room for all of it. Yes. Unity and diversity, it's all welcome here. This, mm. is, this is the becoming of the new world where all is welcome. Totally, totally. Mm. What has kept you connected to Kundalini Yoga? Because you've done many styles, many different lineages. What is it about the Kundalini lineage that has you loving it the most or, or, or it sort of being the, the nucleus of your spiritual path? Well, I feel like it's a super highway to consciousness. Mm-hmm. So I, I love Hatha Yoga in, in the sense that it really fulfills my body needs. Mm-hmm. Um, I was told that one year of Kundalini equals 10 years of Hatha. Hatha. Yeah, I heard that too. And I have a Hatha base and I teach Hatha often. I have a corporate yoga business, mm-hmm. so I, I do share um, Hatha yoga with uh, you know a lot, of, a lot of people. But I love the intensity of Kundalini and it really mm-hmm. matches my intensity. Yes. And it allows me to feel sane. Yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. in a way, it allows me to feel grounded. It allows me to be connected to my intuition. So nine seconds before something is happening, I can perceive it. Mm-hmm. And not always, but that's, you yeah. know, when I'm meditating and keeping my mind and my body in optimal condition and shape, mm-hmm. everything just flows. Yes. It's like I can surrender to the flow because I know that all is happening for my evolution. I love that. What, because... Like, I'm not for or against, you know, pot, marijuana. In the training, they were super like, don't do it. Yogi Bhajan says that it, you know, pinches off the connection to your brain or dries up the spinal fluid. What, like, what um, role can medicinal plants play in one's spiritual growth, including pot? Because, like, a lot of people are on pot, and I feel like some people... Like when I was doing it, I was using it to escape from myself and Mm. to kind of come out of myself. Mm. And that wasn't good. And I feel like maybe it's not the substance that is the issue. It's the the intention. Mm. Hallelujah. Yeah? Yeah. So intention came to my mind as you said it. Mm. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And there's a lot of exposure to plant medicines. I feel that they can be very therapeutic. Mm -hmm. 
and I think it's really important to do specific medicines with shamans and those that have mm -hmm. the like proper training. And or Iboga, I've heard <clears throat> of too. Yeah, so I've, yeah. I've explored ayahuasca and peyote nice. long time ago before kundalini. Hmm. Um, not recreationally. I would go in with a specific prayer and yeah. I would do, say, three to five ceremonies over six months to a year nice. and really do that to do that work with the plants in a very contained safe space with a shaman mm -hmm. with people that had been practicing that for a really long time cool so i'm totally open to that um i have a friend who has an aboga center down in mexico and had one on the sunshine coast and they were healing people from opiate addictions yeah well, that's what I was, um, the thing I thought was cool about Gabor Mate, who's the, the yeah. doctor who specializes in addiction, he's super into kundalini yoga. You know, like everybody in the audience or everybody, like all the volunteers were like wearing white turbans. Mm. I was lucky mm. enough to get to sing at his event in Vancouver. Yay. And I was wearing my white turban. Mm. And then, um, but he's also was talking about his personal experience of using psilocybin with the shaman mm. to heal his childhood separation, mm -hmm. you know, wartime issues. Yeah. So I thought that was cool that he's able to sort of see the benefit in all of these different lineages. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. when we when we come to medicine or when we come to a lineage or we come to practices with reverence mm -hmm. and respect and humility mm. and we receive it and we practice it with in right relationship, mm -hmm. it's super transformational. If yeah. we're using it as a recreational drug, Right. Maybe we're not going to get the same effect. In fact, I, I used so many recreational drugs in my early 20s that I was mm. depressed and suicidal. Right. I didn't mm -hmm. know at the time when I was busting my heart open and meeting all these loving, beautiful people, so many positive aspects within that scene. Little did I know a year later, if I wasn't high, I was really depressed mm. and wanting to jump off the balcony. Right. And it was yoga. It was my my first encounter. I prayed to Oprah and God. <laughs> like, save You became me. an opiate. I totally did. Yeah, I love the infinite teachings of Oprah. Totally. Yeah. And so, you know, and when it mm. comes to marijuana, I mean, I, I think it's a lot better for someone to use marijuana than pharmaceutical drugs that have all these mm. side effects. Mm. I've heard that the number one leading cause of death is... Um, when when the side effects of different pharmaceutical drugs they overlap and the person dies, it's mm. like contradictions in pharmaceutical. I can't even talk about it because I haven't taken a pharmaceutical drug in almost twenty years. Yeah. Sometimes we need these things. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Sometimes we know. do. Well, I I feel like you know my dad's a psychiatrist, mm. and I feel like when we ask doctors like, oh, what's okay? You you think I should take this? What's the number needed to treat? just being educated consumers and it's like educated patients it's like okay well you know do they know that information like the number needed to treat is like how many people need to take the drug before one person is positively affected by it mm. and sometimes those numbers aren't so good and then you might think twice about taking it right and so thing, things like that just being knowledgeable and educating oneself as a consumer as a patient and then seeing all the different options. And then also going in, like, like I, you know, I wanted to learn more about certain pharmaceuticals that a lot of my friends are on. So I went to the um, pharmacist and I just said, hey, could I get a pharmaceutical manuscript of these certain drugs? And they're like, do you want all of it? And I said, yes, please. Wow. They said, well, here's what we would give the patient if they asked. And here's what we would give the doctor. And so I read through it. And I was like, wow. And then you can be discerning. It's like, okay, was that study mm. sponsored? It was sponsored mm -hmm. by Merrick. Mm -hmm. It was mm -hmm. done on uh, you know, prostitute, male prostitutes in Chile. And 
you know, does it feel does it feel like it's scientific? Was there actually a placebo group? So you can start to educate yourself, and then it will help you totally. decide what the best path is for you. Absolutely. Instead and even to know that in. there are choices. Yes. Just because your doctor tells you that this is what's best for you doesn't mean that you can't get a second opinion. Exactly. There's, there's yeah. so many alternative ways of healing as well. Mm-hmm. So this is where I feel like with the path of yoga, it just opens you up more and more because we just don't know. Mm-hmm. We're conditioned, we're born, we grow up, we're conditioned by our society. We think this mm-hmm. is what it is. And slowly we're awakening. I see that more than ever before. Hallelujah. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so it's really important to in, be informed and know that there's so mm. many choices and, and yeah. you can follow your own gut instinct. If totally. your gut is telling you, this isn't good for me, it probably isn't good for you. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I totally agree. Yeah, and I think it's cool. Like my uh, my dad and I have been going to like meditation yoga workshops mm. and the Canadian Medical Association actually gives doctors credits now for learning meditative techniques wow, that's and practices. Great. So that's things great. are shifting and changing. And Big time. Yeah, I love that. Hallelujah, I love that too. The world Hallelujah. is changing one satnam at a time. I know. What's your favorite thing about yoga, just in general? My favorite thing about yoga is that um, it helped me fall in love with myself. Mm. Hallelujah! Yeah, I when even when you said that, I felt like it, like <laughs> you're like went right down to your navel point, and you're like in your in yourself. I like the idea of the navel point being the spirit <clears throat> womb. Mm. I heard that recently, and like mm. when you're in balance, there's a predominance of energy in the heart and the navel mm. christian northrup who wrote women's bodies women's wisdom she says this navel point is your low heart area oh. and if you're a woman or if you're transgendered or if you're queer you know and you've been shamed for yourself emanating from that area you've mm. got to go to the places you've been shamed mm. and spiritually reparent mm. yourself there to yes. become more balanced and be, to become the change that you wish to see in the world hallelujah thank you gandhi Gandhi. Yes, I have parented myself so many times. This mm. is 20 years. Like, think mm. about 20 years ago, I wanted to jump off the balcony. Right. For real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, because of yoga, I almost love myself all the time. That's fantastic. And when I fall off and I forget, I quickly get back on because I can play my mm. mantra. Yep. I can do my breath exercise. I can put my essential oils on my wrist. I can In drink fact, my green yeah. drink. I can go sit by the ocean. I mean, my toolbox is so plentiful, and I'm so grateful. Yeah, so awesome. For all of that, all of that that I've gathered along this this amazing path, and it's only begun. It's only just because begun. life begins at forty. I can't believe you're forty. You're forty. <laughs> Forty-one. Holy moly! Your skin is amazing. Oh, I drink collagen. Collagen. Oh, oh you're so life giving. Thank you. Thank you so much my for being pleasure. on the show. Life where can people? Aww. Yeah, where can people find you online? Mm-hmm. You, you're on Instagram. I am, and you can visit my website at mahankalsa.org. Awesome. Perfect. Okay, and, awesome. And uh, I have a private coaching practice, holistic lifestyles coaching. Amazing. As well as a corporate yoga business. Perfect. What's yes. your handle on uh, Instagram? Mahan Dharma Queen. Nice. D H A R M A. Yes. Mahan. M-A-H-A-N. Yes. Dharma. Queen. Queen. I love that. Queen of the Dharma. Yes. The greatest queen of the Dharma. You are. <laughs> oh. And I didn't choose that name, so it's not conceited. Really? No, it's okay. <laughs> I think we all need to feel like... 
kings and queens mm -hmm. Hallelujah. so that we can um, embody the change that we want to see. Yeah. So I think that's great. And I'm going to share with you this last piece before mm -hmm. we close. It's mm -hmm. When I wrapped my head every day for eight years, yeah. I felt like a queen. Mm. Yogi Bhajan said it takes a king to crown himself. Yes, that's so amazing because I, I was thinking know. that. I heard that from the royal path. Yes, the Raj Yoga. Yeah, and then to like release the turban and to become human and to mm -hmm. share all of that richness that was cultivated throughout those practices. Like Jai Jagdish has done on her new yeah. album cover. She's a Kundalini singer. She has totally. the turban off. So it's like, yeah, spending that time in containment and, and feeling it to be it. And then you can be it regardless of the garb or not, etc. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's so blessed. Amazing. Be you, Yogi Bhajan said. Just be you. Mm, so good. Ah. Thank you, Satnam. Satnam. Waheguru. Waheguru, waheguru, waheguru. Shall we close Thank it with Satnam? Let's do a Satnam. Thank you. I love you too. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Mahan. She's such a lovely lady. Head over to iTunes to rate and subscribe. And if you'd like to see a couple clips from that interview on YouTube, head over to my YouTube channel, www.youtube.com slash Will Blundy, W-I-L-L-B-L-U-N-D-I-E. Have a beautiful week. Namaste. Sadnam.
Thank you.